So we've now reached the hadith of Ibn Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma qal qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam umirtu an uqatil an-nasa hatta yashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadan rasulullah wa yuqimu as-salah wa yu'tu az-zakah فَإِذَا فَعَلُوا ذَلِكَ عَصَمُوا مِنِّي دِمَاءَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ إِلَّا بِحَقِّ الْإِسْلَامِ وَحِسَابُهُمْ عَلَى اللَّهِ رواه البخاري ومسلم In this hadith, the Prophet says that I have been commanded to fight the people until... They testify that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And they establish the prayer, and they give the zakat. And so if they do that, then they will protect from me their blood and their wealth, except by the right of Islam. And their accountability is with Allah. And this is a hadith narrated by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. So at the beginning of the hadith, when the Prophet ﷺ said, Umirtu, I have been commanded. I have been commanded. Who commanded the Prophet ﷺ? The answer is very clearly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Umirtu, a أمرني الله سبحانه وتعالى When the Prophet said, I have been commanded, and the meaning of that is, i.e. that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded the Prophet فَإِنَّ الرَّسُولَ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَأْتَمِرُ بِأَوَامِرِ اللَّهِ For indeed, the Prophet ﷺ, he takes the commandments from the commandments of Allah. He abides by the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَهُوَ مُبَلِّغٌ عَنِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى And the Prophet ﷺ, he is the one who then carries that message or those commandments from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and presents them to the people. وَكَذَلِكَ سَائِرُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ وَالْمُرْسَلِينَ And as Shaykh Fawzan says, حَفِظَهُ اللَّهِ Just like that, all of the prophets are messengers. That they received the revelation from Allah, and they would then pass forward that revelation and preach it and disseminate it amongst the people. إِنَّمَا هُمْ مُبَلِّغُونَ عَنِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى فِيمَا يَأْمُرُهُمْ بِهِ وَفِيمَا يَنْهَاهُمْ عَنْهِ فَهُمُ الْوَاسِطَةُ بَيْنَ اللَّهِ وَبَيْنَ خَلْقِهِ فِي تَبْلِيغِ الرِّسَالَةِ For indeed the prophets and messengers, they are simply transmitters of this information. 
they put forward the revelation that they have been given in the commandments that they've been given and the prohibitions they've been told of. They then present that and forward that to the people and preach that to the people. So they are the ones whom the revelation comes upon and they then give that revelation to us. قوله أن أقاتل الناس When the Prophet ﷺ said, I have been commanded to fight the people. Which people? I.e. the disbelievers. يعني الكفار حتى يشهدوا أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمدا رسول الله ويقيم الصلاة ويؤتوا الزكاة so the Prophet ﷺ said, I've been commanded to fight against them until they testify that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah, and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, and that they establish the prayer, and that they give the zakat, i.e. up until when? Up until they accept Islam. The meaning of this is, I have been told or commanded to fight against them up until they accept Islam. أي حتى يدخلوا في دين الإسلام لأنه دين الله الذي اختاره لعباده فلا دين سواه For indeed this religion of Islam, that is the religion that Allah has chosen for His servants. And there is no other religion besides it that can be accepted. Allah said in the Quran, Islam." Indeed the religion with Allah, the chosen religion, it is Al-Islam. In Surah Ali Imran, ayah number 19. Similarly in Surah Ali Imran, ayah number 85, وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينَ فَلَنْ يُقَبَلَ مِنْهِ that whomsoever seeks a religion, whomsoever wants a religion other than Islam, then it will not be accepted from him. فَلَا دِينَ إِلَّا الْإِسْلَامِ So there is no other religion other than Islam. Nothing else will be accepted. الَّذِي جَاءَتْ بِهِ الرُّسُلِ صَلَوَاتُ اللَّهِ وَسَلَامُهُ عَلَيْهِمْ إِلَىٰ أَنْ بَعَثَ اللَّهُ مُحَمَّدًا صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَصَارَ الْإِسْلَامُ يُطْلَقُ عَلَى مَا جَاءَ بِهِ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ So all of the prophets and messengers, all of the prophets and messengers, they came with Islam. They all came with Islam, with this religion of Tawheed, with this religion of Tawheed of worship, Tawheed in every aspect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And up until the Prophet Muhammad came with the revelation. So now when we talk about Islam, then we mean the revelation that the Prophet came with. Not the previous revelations prior to that. Because as we know, those books and those revelations, they were distorted. And when Islam came and the Quran was revealed, it overcomes all of the previous revelations. And it is the only one thereafter which can be accepted. وَالْإِسْلَامُ لَهُ أَرْكَانَ And this religion of Islam, no doubt, as we've understood, it has pillars. The head of them, the testification, 
شهادة أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمدا رسول الله At the head of them is the testification of Tawheed that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. You should think about how many times we've mentioned that in these lessons. How often do we keep mentioning the Shahada? How often do we keep mentioning in these various ahadith again and again? La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah. This aspect of the testification that no deity has the right to be worshipped in truth or deserves it except Allah. All of this indicates to you the importance and the virtues and the greatness of Tawheed. That it comes up so often in various ahadith, in all types of different narrations, you find this message of Tawheed. And that is why you see and you hear that it is repeated so often. In almost all of the hadith that we do, there is some mention of Tawheed. There is some aspect related to the worship of Allah in oneness. And so this repetitive mentioning of this affair should highlight to you the importance and the greatness of it. That indeed the greatest of all of the affairs is worshiping Allah upon Tawheed. And the greatest of all of the disliked and disapproved and incorrect and impermissible affairs is that of shirk. And that is why Allah said in the Quran, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not forgive, does not forgive that shirk is made with him. That you worship others besides Allah or you direct some form of your worship to others besides Allah. وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ And he will forgive and can forgive all other sins which are lesser than shirk. So this highlights to you the importance of Tawheed and the importance of staying away from shirk. Also, وَإِقَامُ الصَّلَاةِ The establishment of the prayer, وَإِتَاءُ الزَّكَاةِ And the giving of zakat, وَصَوْمُ رَمَضَانِ وَحَجُّ الْبَيْتِ the Ramadan, the fasting and the Hajj for whom is able to do so. All of these are from the pillars of Islam. That is why in the second part now, the Prophet also said, حَتَّى يَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدٌ نَّسُولُ اللَّهُ وَيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ And they have to establish the prayer. So the Shaykh says, فَلَا يَكْفِي أَنْ يَشْهَدَ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهُ بَلْ لَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَعْمَلَ بِمُقْتَضَى الشَّهَادَتَيْنَ The shaykh said, it's not enough for a person just to say, لا إله إلا الله. Rather, a person needs to say that and understand it and act upon it. لا إله إلا الله, محمد رسول الله. This testification of Tawheed, it has actions that are required of you. It has actions and obedience and worship that it necessitates. So a person must perform those actions in implementing practically the testification of La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah. Didn't we say Muhammadun Rasulullah? One of the parts of it is that you will obey the messenger in that which he commanded and you will stay away from that which he prohibited. So there is a physical implementation Actions and obedience that is required. And the greatest of those are the prayer. 
وأعظمه الصلاة والمراد الصلوات الخمس المفروضة فيأتي بها كما أمر الله تعالى في أوقاتها مع جماعة المسلمين بالخشوع والخضوع والطمأنينة هذه هي إقامة الصلاة So an individual he must perform the greatest of actions which occurs and that is the prayer and that he performs this prayer in the proper and correct manner in the times of the prayer for indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned that there are certain times it's been legislated that you have to pray the prayer within certain times so that the prayer is established in those times and that you establish that prayer with the obligations and the pillars and the sunan acts you perform that prayer in the correct and proper manner that is iqamatu salah that is the establishment of the prayer it is not just to pray that is why in the Quran it doesn't just say that they pray it says وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةِ They establish the prayer. They perform the prayer correctly and that's different to just performing the prayer. Just performing the prayer is one thing. But performing it and establishing it in the upright and proper manner, that's a higher level. And this is what the Quran says, that they perform the prayer in the proper and upright manner. يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةِ i.e. With its pillars and its conditions and its sunan acts. That is the proper establishment of the prayer in its time, with concentration, with focus. That is what's required, and that is what the hadith mentions here. Then the Shaykh says, from the greatness of this prayer, وَالصَّلَاةُ هِيَ الرُّكْنُ الثَّانِي مِنْ أَرْكَانِ الْإِسْلَامِ بَعْدَ شَهَادَتَيْنِ That this prayer, it is the second pillar of the pillars of Islam after the shahadatayn. قَالَ تَعَالَى إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ In the Quran, Allah says regarding the prayer, that this prayer, it prohibits you from the lewd and evil acts. It prohibits you from the lewd and evil acts. So we know that the prayer, it has a great impact upon the heart of the believer. For the one who performs it in the proper and correct manner. The one who concentrates and focuses during the prayer. And he knows that he is standing before his Lord. An individual who does that five times a day. With peace and tranquility during it. And focus. Then this individual, it is mentioned that the prayer, it will aid that person and impact upon his heart. Here the ayah says, the prayer will prevent and prohibit and stop you from falling into other evil actions. Stop you from falling into evil actions. The prayer, the one who focuses and connects his heart to it, then this prevents him from falling into other evil actions. This is an impact of the prayer. فَهِيَ جَامِعَةٌ لِكُلِّ خَيْرٍ So the prayer, it encompasses within it all goodness. 
And it is the head of the physical acts of worship. From the physical acts of worship, this prayer is at the head of them. Similarly, it is the distinguishing factor between the Muslims and the disbelievers. It is the distinguishing factor between the Muslims and the disbelievers. And that is as the hadith says, بَيْنَ الْعَبْدِ وَبَيْنَ الْكُفْرِ وَالشِّرْكِ تَرْكُ الصَّلَاةِ That between the servant and disbelief, between a person and disbelief, kufr, what's separating him? What's the difference between a person and falling into kufr and shirk? It is the abandonment of the prayer. An individual abandons the prayer, rejects, or rather not rejects, but abandons and neglects the prayer. Then that individual, the hadith mentions the severity of his state, that the separating factor, the differentiating factor between him and kufr and shirk is that abandonment of the prayer. And that is why some of the scholars hold the opinion that the one who stops praying, then that individual has fallen into disbelief. فَالَّذِي لَا يُسَلِّي The Shaykh says, So for the one who doesn't pray, وَإِن كَانَ يَشْهَدُ أَن لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ لَيْسَ بِمُسْلِمٍ حَتَّى يُسَلِّي As Shaykh Al-Fawzan mentions that now, he says even if a person says, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ If he doesn't bother to pray, then that individual is not a Muslim until he prays. And this is the severity of the issue of the prayer. So a person cannot become slack on that. You must advise each other, must advise the friends and families, must advise each other upon this issue of the prayer. On the day of judgment, the first of the questions that will be asked to an individual is regarding the prayer. And so if that is proper and upright, then the remainder of the actions will be so. And if that is not, then the remainder of the actions, they will also fall away. Then after that, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, وَيُؤْتُوا الزَّكَاةِ And they also give the zakat. Because we know that the zakat again is an obligation for the one whom is in that category of having the level of wealth and the year has passed upon it, then it is obligatory to give this zakat. And that is mentioned in the Qur'an, it is mentioned in the sunnah, and we know that this zakat is also one of the pillars of Al-Islam. And that is something that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned to Mu'adh ibn Jabal when he sent him to Yemen. He mentioned after the shahadatain, if they accept that, then tell them about the prayer. Then about the zakat, taking the wealth from the rich, تُؤْخَذُ min أَغْنِيَائِهِمْ وَتُرَدُّ فِي فُقَرَائِهِمْ it is taken from the rich and it is returned in amongst the poor. So the zakat is also a pillar of Islam that must be uh, established. So here then, the Prophet ﷺ said, I've been commanded to fight against them until they accept Al-Islam. Islam al-Muhammad فَالشَّهَادَتَانْ أَسَاسُ التَّوْحِيدِ وَالصَّلَاةُ أَسَاسُ الْأَعْمَالِ الْبَدَنِيَّةِ وَالزَّكَاةُ أَسَاسُ الْأَعْمَالِ الْمَالِيَّةِ The reason why only these three are mentioned in this hadith, 
the shahadatain, the testification, and the prayer and the zakat, but the fasting and the hajj is not mentioned, is because the shahadatain, they are the head of tawheed. That is the basis of al-Islam. Then you have the prayer which is the basis or the head of the physical acts of worship. And then you have the zakat which is the basis and the head of the acts of worship that are linked to wealth. So these are the heads of the acts of worship that are mentioned. But of course, all of the remainder of the pillars of Islam, they are a part of that too. So then the Prophet said, فَإِذَا فَعَلُوا ذَلِكَ So if they do that, and they accept Al-Islam, عَاصَمُوا مِنِّي دِمَاءَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ Then they will protect from me, they have protected themselves and preserved themselves in terms of their blood and their wealth. They have preserved and protected now in terms of their blood and their wealth. دَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْجِهَادَ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ هُوَ لِهَذَا الْغَرَضَ And this is an important point now. The shaykh says this indicates, it tells you what the reality of jihad actually is. Which is that it is for the purpose of the religion. لِأَجْلِ أَنْ يَكُونَ الدِّينُ كُلُّهُ لِلَّهِ That the religion it is for Allah alone, i.e. it is done for the purpose of raising the banner of Tawheed. لِإِعْلَاءِ كَلِمَةِ اللَّهِ لِإِعْلَاءِ كَلِمَةِ التَّوْحِيدِ It is to raise the banner of Tawheed. And that is why nowadays you see so much misguidance from the people when it comes to this issue of jihad. They have no idea what they are speaking of. These takfiris. These individuals, these extremists, they talk about jihad and they have no reality, no understanding whatsoever of what they are speaking of. The likes of this Abu Hamza and Umar Bakri and Anjum Chaudhary, all of these types of individuals, they have no understanding or basis of understanding with regards to these affairs. So they'll take narrations like this, this hadith that we're talking about now, and they'll try to use that to say you should go out and attack the disbelievers everywhere. That you should go and bomb everywhere. That you should go and do suicide everywhere. All of that is an absolute nonsense. And it is against the religion of Islam. And it is not promoted in Islam whatsoever. To go out and use narrations like this in a society like this now. To go out and say you have to go and blow up a bus. Or you have to go out and blow up a train. All of that is from the extremism and the misguidance of these people. From the extremism and the misguidance of the likes of these individuals. And don't be shy to mention their names. Tell your families and friends and warn them from the likes of these individuals. This Abu Hamza and Abu Qatada and Anjam Chaudhary and the one who passed away, Anwar al-Awlaki. Avoid their recordings, their lectures, their YouTubes. Block them from your laptops. Don't listen to their filth. And their misguidance. Because they don't speak about the Quran and the Sunnah. They don't speak about Islam as it was portrayed. Rather they abuse. They abuse and they change and they distort the meanings of these ahadith and the meanings of these narrations. To suit their own desires. To suit their own desires. And their desires as a part of what they preach. It is to go out and kill to go out and even kill Muslims and they say that's collateral damage. 
All of this from them is misguidance and extremism and completely false. So you should warn your families and friends, keep them protected from this ideology of the takfiris, this ideology of these individuals, even if some of them upon their deluded state call themselves Salafis. You hear now this one in London, Salafi media. They call themselves Salafi media or something. These people are not Salafi. These people are takfiris. They are from the likes of the Khawarij, influenced by those individuals like Bin Laden and Anwar al-Awlaki, etc. So they be distanced from them. And don't be confused by this title they put for themselves, Salafi media, etc. These individuals have nothing to do with the methodology of the Salaf. They abuse that name and they distort that name to present this false methodology to the people. So be warned from that. And don't be confused by their usage of narrations out of complete context. Completely out of context in order to distort the meanings and present to the people this false ideology and false methodology, this takfiri way that they have. So then, here the Prophet ﷺ said, or this hadith explains, that the reality of jihad, when the Prophet ﷺ used to do it, at that time was for the raising of the banner of Tawheed. And that exists all the way up until the Day of Judgment. This jihad, in that way, if it is done properly with the conditions, etc., that exists up until the Day of Judgment. But what these people do, it is completely, as they say in Arabic, what they are doing is in one valley somewhere, and what the reality of the Qur'an and Sunnah is, is in another valley somewhere. They are completely distanced from the reality of Islam. So don't be confused by their speech and their explanations of what this means and what jihad is. So the Prophet ﷺ said, They have protected from me their blood. Because a Muslim, his blood and his wealth, it is preserved. A Muslim, his blood and his wealth is preserved and protected. And it's not permissible to transgress against him. فَمَالُ الْمُسْلِمِ مِثْلُ دَمِهِ حَرَامٌ كَذَلِكَ عِرْضُهُ حَرَامٌ So the wealth and the blood and the honor of a Muslim are impermissible for you to transgress upon due to the statement of the Prophet ﷺ إِنَّ دِمَاءَكُمْ وَأَمْوَالَكُمْ وَأَعْرَاضَكُمْ عَلَيْكُمْ حَرَامٌ that indeed your blood and your wealth and your honor is haram to transgress upon and to uh, take. فَلَا يَجُوزُ أَنْ يُغْتَصَبَ مَالُ الْمُسْلِمِ أَوْ يُؤْخَذَ بِغَيْرِ حَقِّ Therefore it is not permissible to snatch away the wealth of a Muslim without due right, to take it from him without due right. هَذَا فِيهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَى حُرْمَةِ دَمِ الْمُسْلِمِ وَمَالِهِ وَفِيهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَى أَنَّ الْقِتَالَ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ إِنَّمَا هُوَ لِإِعْلَاءِ كَلِمَةِ اللَّهِ وَنَشْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ هَذَا هُوَ الْغَرَضُ مِنَ الْجِهَادِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ لَيْسَ الْغَرَضُ مِنْهُ الْإِسْتِيلَاءِ عَلَى الْمَمَالِكِ أَوْ أَخْضَ الْأَمْوَالِ أو التراس, أو التراس على الناس وإنما الغرض منه إعلاء كلمة الله سبحانه وتعالى وَهَذَا لِصَلَاحِ الْبَشَرِيَّةِ وَرَحْمَةً بِهِمَّ لَمْ يَتْرُكُهَا 
لم يتركها الله تتخبط وتضيع وتدخل في النار يوم القيامة بل رحمها الله ودلها على الطريق الصحيح وأرسل إليها الرسول وأنزل الكتاب لمصلحتها فليس القصد من الجهاد الانتقام من الكفار Look at this point now the Sheikh explains that jihad it is for certain reasons in Islam and that is to raise the banner of Tawheed it is not to get revenge on disbelievers tell this type of speech to the likes of these takfiris and they'll blow up they themselves will naturally blow up when you tell them this type of speech that we don't go out there for the purpose of revenge to go and blow up something for revenge this is their polluted minds that they speak of from their polluted minds they bring you this this is what the scholars of the salaf tell you as shaykh al-fawzan here says it's not for the purpose of going out there to get revenge that isn't the idea but the purpose is to spread the message of Islam. That's the intent behind it. And to remove the people and to take them out and extract them from disbelief. That is the purpose. So then in the end, the Prophet also says, it is not permissible to do any of that or to kill anyone except with due right. Now what does that mean? Except with due right. With the right of Islam. مَنْ شَهِدَ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدٌ نَصُولُ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهُ قَدْ عُسِمَ دَمُهُ وَمَالُهُ فَلَا يَجُزُ الْعِتِدَاءُ عَلَيْهِ إِلَّا إِذَا أَخَلَّ بِحَقٍ مِنْ حُقُوقِ الْإِسْلَامِ بِأَنْ ارْتَكَبَ نَاقِضًا مِنْ نَوَاقِضِ الْإِسْلَامِ فَإِذَا ارْتَكَبَ نَاقِضًا مِنْ نَوَاقِضِ الْإِسْلَامِ حَلَّ دَمُهُ وَوَجَبَ قَتْلُهُ لِقَوْلِ سَأَسَلَّمَ لا يحل دم امرئ مسلم إلا بإحدى ثلاث النفس بالنفس والثي بالزاني والتارك لدينه المفارق للجماعة So here the shaykh explains that there are certain reasons Islamically where certain acts may be carried out of this nature. So for example, capital punishment. If an individual was to murder another individual, then under the Islamic law in the Islamic countries, then that individual may be killed as a consequence of him killing the other person. That is now correct and permissible Islamically. And even the kuffar still do that in certain countries. They have the capital punishment. But this is from Islam. That an individual who murders another, kills another, then it's permissible for that individual to be murdered as a consequence of that. For that individual's life to be taken rather as a consequence of that. Or there may be other rulings, for example, fornication. An individual who's married, who is not a virgin, who fornicates, then that individual can also be stoned Islamically in an Islamic state where that's possible to practice. Not in a place where you don't have Islamic laws, you don't have Islamic rule. You can't go about practicing these things yourself. But this occurs under the rulership. وَالْإِسْلَامُ جَاءَ بِحِفْظِ الضُّرُورَاتِ الْخَمْسِ And Islam has come to protect the affairs, the five affairs. One of them, the religion. حِفْظُ الدِّينِ بِأَلَّا يَصِيرَ مَلْعَبَةً لِلْمُرْتَدِّينَ بَلْ يُحْمَا فَإِذَا امْتَنَعُوا عَنْ حَقٍّ مِنْ حُقُوقِ الْإِسْلَامِ فَإِنَّهُمْ يُقَاتَلُونَ 
وتحل دماؤهم حتى يتوبوا ولذلك قاتل أبو بكر الصديق رضي الله عنه فئتين من الناس So for example the apostates in a Muslim land under the Muslim law where it is being run properly and accurately in that way then the apostates we know that even Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu he fought against them at that time those who refused to give the zakat and those who ref- who claimed prophethood for themselves there were certain individuals like Musaylama al-Kadhab the liar and al-Aswad al-Anasi these individuals they claimed prophethood for themselves and so they were fought against Then at the end of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says, وَحِسَابُهُمْ عَلَى اللَّهِ And their accountability is with Allah. هَذَا مَعَنَاهُ أَنَّنَا نَقْبَلُ ظَاهِرَهُمْ فَمَنْ أَظْهَرَ الْإِسْلَامِ قَبِلْنَا مِنْهُ مَا لَمْ يَحْصُلُ مِنْهُ نَاقِذٌ مِنْ نَوَاقِذِ الْإِسْلَامِ مَا لَمْ يَحْصُلْ مِنْهُ نَاقِذٌ مِنْ نَوَاقِذِ الْإِسْلَامِ Meaning a person who presents Islam, he is upon Islam, he is practicing Islam, he says he's Muslim, he does the shahada then we have to behave towards him as if he's Muslim. He's practicing as a Muslim, then we behave towards him as if he's a Muslim. If there was an individual who was a munafiq, a hypocrite, then his affair is with Allah. We don't know that. We behave towards the individual upon the apparent of what we see from him. Except if you see something physically clearly that is kufr, or a nullification of his Islam, that's another thing. Otherwise though you behave towards him as he uh, portrays for himself Al-Islam. That is why the Prophet ﷺ accepted the Islam of the Munafiqeen, meaning he behaved towards them as if they are believers. لِذَلِكَ قَبِلَ النَّبِيُّ سَأَسَلَّمُ إِسْلَامَ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَمَّا أَسْلَمُوا وَانْقَادُوا فِي الظَّاهِرِ وَأَجْرَ عَلَيْهِمْ أَحْكَامِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ So when those Munafiqeen at the time of the Prophet ﷺ were pretending to be Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ accepted that. And he behaved towards them as if they are Muslims. If inside now, inside they were not, then that affair will be judged by Allah and they'll be given their recompense. As Allah said in the Quran, إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِي الدَّرْكِ الْأَسْفَلِ مِنَ النَّارِ That those munafiqeen, they're going to end up in the lowest pits of the fire. So that accountability of theirs is with Allah. In this world, if they apparently show Islam, we don't know any otherwise. We have no reason to know otherwise or a way of establishing otherwise unless some clear nullifier comes from them. So otherwise we behave towards them as if they are Muslim. فَمَنْ كَانَ مُسْلِمًا ظَاهِرًا وَبَاطِنًا فَإِنَّهُ يَكُونُ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ So whomsoever is a Muslim inwardly and outwardly, they are the people of paradise. وَيَكُونُ مُسْلِمًا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ وَمَنْ كَانَ مُسْلِمًا ظَاهِرًا فَقَدْ فَإِنَّهُ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ As for those people who are only Muslims apparently, and inwardly they have no iman and they don't believe, then they are from the people of the fire. However, we don't know that though. We don't know who the munafiqeen are. We don't know which ones don't believe inside. لَكِنْ لَا يَعْلَمُ النِّفَاقِ الَّذِي فِي الْقُلُوبِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ We don't know this hypocrisy that lies in the hearts of the people except Allah. وَنَحْنُ لَا نَحْكُمُ إِلَّا بِمَا ظَهْرَ لَنَا So we can only deal with the people from that which is apparent to us. فَمَنْ أَظْهَرَ الْخَيْرَ حَكَمْنَا أَنَّهُ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْخَيْرِ وَمَنْ أَظْهَرَ الشَّرَّ حَكَمْنَا أَنَّهُ مِنْ أَهْلِ الشَّرِّ بِنَاءً عَلَى الظَّاهِرِ وَحِسَابُهُمْ عَلَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلِ So whomsoever portrays and presents goodness, then we behave towards them upon that goodness. And whomsoever portrays or presents evil, then we behave towards them in accordance to how 
they present themselves to us. And we can't judge that they've got hypocrisy in their hearts. We're not able to see that. That affair will be with Allah and they'll be judged upon that. And they'll be given their recompense and their punishment if that was the case. So that is this hadith regarding the testification and entering into Islam. And this indicates the importance of giving da'wah, the importance of calling the people to the religion of Tawheed, the Muslims included. Giving the da'wah to the Muslims and explaining to them the reality of Tawheed so that they understand what it means, La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah. They understand what it means to establish the prayer, to give the zakah, to do the hajj, the fasting. It's important to give the da'wah to the people in order that they are upright under correct religion. And this is what you see. This is the difference between the da'wah of as-salafiyyah, the way of calling to salafiyyah compared to everyone else. Everybody else, you have jama'at tabligh they want you to come to the mosque and pray. Maybe the person hasn't even got a clue how to pray. Maybe in his heart, he still believes it's permissible to bow down and prostrate. And this happens to this day. Somebody was telling me the other day, he's the manager of a hall like this in another place. And he said he opened up the hall for some Muslims, they had an event, they booked the hall. And they came in and they had some imams. And they had violins, he said. And they had drums. And they were making their music and singing and dancing and people were throwing notes at these imams. And they were bowing down. I asked him, how far down were they bowing? He said, right down to the knees. They were bowing down to them to their knees and throwing the cash. And they had the violins and the drums. And this is what people do. And they are saying that this is from Islam. They say, this is from Islam. This is Muslims. This is the reality of what the people are upon. So you have to strive to learn the religion in order that you can then preach that and guide the family and the friends and the neighbors and the society. That is what's required. So it's not possible and it's not correct for an individual to be slack, to laze around, not to bother learning the religion. Rather you have to strive, strive in learning the religion so you can remove the ignorance from yourself and also remove the ignorance from others thereafter too. So we'll conclude upon that point for today. And inshallah next week will be the hadith um, of Abu Huraira, uh, na'am, Abu Huraira, the hadith, ma nahaytukum anhu fashtanibu, wa ma amartukum bihi fa'tu minhu mastada'atum. That which I have prohibited you from, then stay away from it. And that which I have commanded you with, then do it. And also next week, or when the next lesson is, we'll do the hadith of Abu Huraira, that Allah only accepts the goodness. So both of those ahadith, the next two will do them. And you should try to get copies of the book. It's in English, huh? 40 hadith? You have some, uh, something in English? You can get it on the iPhone as well. You can, uh, uh, khalas, so you, uh, there are English uh, prints available. There are books in English available from the 40 hadith. Or at the very least, uh, there's this app made by Abu Iyal, something around the 40 hadith. So you should get something. You should have something available so you can read up in advance. Now you know which hadith you're on. You should go up and read up in advance the next hadith. So when you come to the lesson, you have a background. Because when you come with a background already, you'll benefit a lot more than coming with a blank mind not knowing what we're going to cover. So you should strive in this way and try to make that effort. So we'll conclude there for now. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.
this will be on next week.